Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program where we never let facts get in the way of a good argument about motoring and transport. I'm David Brown. And in this program, we look at news stories with David Campbell, including Toyota puts the brakes on self-driving car development for now. We reflect on a few other issues about it at the moment, including a classic Mini has been produced in the style and size of the first model from 1959, although it is an electric vehicle. And in our panel discussion with Brian Smith and Errol Smith, we take a look at some quirky news stories that can briefly divert us away from the negative stories in the mainstream press. Examples include that we have seen the future of urbanism and it's the scooter. Have a question or a comment, send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. You can listen to a podcast of the whole program from iTunes or your favourite podcast service. Now, to begin the program, let's have the news. The 2018 World Car of the Year trophy has been awarded to the Volvo XC60 SUV, beating strong competition from the Range Rover Valair and the Mazda CX-5. It was the second year in a row that the top three finalists in the World Car of the Year award were SUVs, a definite sign of the times. The judges commented that the Volvo SUV delivered an industry-leading level of inspired design inside and out, high-class materials, drivability and safety features. The Range Rover Valair, which battled with the XC60 for top honours, captured the World Car Design of the Year trophy, making it the second year in the row that the Jaguar Land Rover Group has picked up a design gong after the Jaguar F-Pace won last year. The Nissan Leaf picked up the award for World Green Car, the BMW M5, the World Performance Car, the Audi A8 grabbed the World Luxury Trophy, and the Volkswagen Polo received the World Urban Car Award. In the UK, Shell has unveiled a new hydrogen refuelling station at one of the country's busiest service stations, in the same week as the government delivered multi-million pound funding for hydrogen refuelling infrastructure. Shell Beaconsfield on the M40 will be the first UK site to bring hydrogen under the same canopy as diesel and petrol. It comes as the Department of Transport revealed that a consortium had been awarded nearly £9 million to improve access to an expanded network of hydrogen refuelling stations. Police cars from the Metropolitan Police and taxis will be among nearly 200 new hydrogen-powered vehicles to benefit from the government's boost. The announcement has been heralded as a very significant step forward for the UK hydrogen industry. Toyota New Zealand is making major changes to the way it sells its cars, moving right away from the old-school method of commission sales and haggling over prices. The company describes the move as one of the biggest changes to automotive retailing in the history of New Zealand's motor industry. Toyota dealerships are to become Toyota agents, called stores, and they will be paid a fee to deal with customers. Vehicles will no longer carry recommended retail pricing, which means that there will be no longer any negotiation over what customers pay. 
and staff will be salaried product specialists and not commission-focused salespeople. Toyota stores will not carry their own dealer stock, but Toyota-owned demonstrators, and once a customer has selected a car, it will be delivered from one of three nationwide hubs. The new system, which is dubbed the Drive Happy Project by the company, will also result in price reductions for all new vehicles. Time will tell if the new system will result in more sales of Toyota vehicles in New Zealand. Early results from one of the world's first attempts to explore human interaction with driverless cars demonstrate support but with underlying ambiguity. Public reactions indicate 78% support for the idea of driverless vehicles on urban streets provided that they are safe and resistant to cyber attack. Further research found that 43% felt positive towards the concept of driverless vehicles but 46% were undecided and cited key concerns about cybersecurity and road safety. The research was jointly funded by government and industry and was conducted by the UK's Transport Research Laboratory, the University of Greenwich and the Royal College of Art. Daimler and BMW Group have announced that they are joining forces in mobility services, the most popular of which are ride-hailing and car-sharing services. The two automakers have signed an agreement to establish a joint venture entity that will roll their various mobility services such as Daimler's Car2Go and BMW Group's Drive Now into one business, potentially making the services more attractive to investors. The joint venture company will also oversee all future mobility services to be deployed like a self-driving taxi service. The goal is to enable Daimler and the BMW Group to become a leading provider of mobility services and to better weather strong competition from rival automakers as well as players outside of the auto industry. By working together, the two automakers can also move rapidly and expand their services globally. Mobility services represent potentially huge dollars, especially if self-driving technology works as expected. It also provides an opportunity for automakers to tap customers who may not desire owning a car. The city of Beverly Hills in California has issued new regulations for parking and electric car charging. Only battery electric cars will now be allowed to park and plug in at any of the city's 35 public charging stations. Plug-in hybrids will not. In fact, plug-in hybrids in those spaces will be treated just like conventional vehicles. Which is to say that if they are in a parking space designated for charging, whether they are plugged in or not, they will be ticketed. Beverly Hills will also impose a fee for charging at 25 cents per kilowatt hour on top of the parking fees and a $6 station fee after two hours, regardless of whether a vehicle is charging or not. Those fees will encourage more turnover, which addresses a problem that has plagued public charging stations for years. Owners who leave their cars plugged in and parked well after recharging is complete. And that has been the news. And now a few little snippets and reflections on recent events in the motoring world. At the recent New York Motor Show, there was a brand new Mini on display. It's just that it was built to the style and size of the very first Minis that were produced from 1959. 
This one does have some modernity about it. It has an electric engine. It's only a one-off, but it set my blood racing because it is in the style of the old Rally Mini Cooper S. It has four halogen rally lights across the front grille, flared guards, wide wheels and alloy rims, a red body and a white roof. It took me back to my childhood and the sheer thrill of this little pocket rocket. Sadly, it is not quite an exact replica, and if you look closely at the front, it has a hint of the bland about it. Perhaps that's my memory. There is one historically quaint feature on the inside. It is a knob that you can pull out like an old original choke. I'm sure it does have something more modern to do, but to me it is a reminder of a motoring feature from the past that meant you had to be more attuned with the mechanics of the engine performance. 57% of all luxury cars sold in the world today are SUVs. Nissan's luxury brand, Infiniti, entered this segment of the market some time ago with a large SUV model called the QX80. They have now released an updated version. It looks better. It couldn't look worse. When Overdrive tested the first model a few years ago, we felt it looked like a beluga whale, particularly at the front. The new front design is not greatly changed and does not make it a very stylish looking vehicle but while you may not be greatly attracted to this car based on its looks it is now less likely that you will be turned away by its sheer ugliness. Last year Overdrive tested the new model Maserati Levante SUV a twin turbo V6 engine which provided much more performance than the first model they released which had a diesel motor. Now Maserati has outdone itself again with the Levante Trofeo, which has a 3.8 litre twin turbo V8 engine, putting out 440 kilowatts of power and 730 newton metres of torque. It can take this Leviathan of a car to 100 kilometres an hour in just 3.9 seconds. But not all luxury cars have to be SUVs or even sedans. Hyundai's luxury brand, Genesis, has just shown a concept vehicle called the Ascentia. It is a low-slung sports car that would do Aston Martin very proud. Genesis has not been selling in great numbers in Australia, but a hero car like this, which they describe somewhat flamboyantly as reimagining the athletic elegance design paradigm, fair enough, may well help with their image. But back to the more practical, and we find that Kia has unveiled a new model of their people mover, the Carnival. Overdrive is going to the launch of the new Carnival model in Australia next month, and we will happily report on what we love as a most practical vehicle. We took one to the snow one time, and while we never looked like we were amongst the elite, this wonderfully practical vehicle that was easy to drive, had seat adjustments that did not require finicky packing of equipment, and room to put the children as far away from the driver as possible, was ideal. The Carnival is the leader for the People Mover segment here in Australia, and has been so for some five years. 
This used to be the domain of the Toyota Tarago, but the Korean car manufacturer made this part of the market their own. While more people will buy cars for their practicality, the world continues its quest for more powerful cars. The just-announced 2019 model Chevrolet Corvette ZR1 is now the most powerful Corvette ever to leave the factory with 563 kilowatts of power. They claim that it will accelerate from 0 to 100 kilometres an hour in 2.85 seconds. I think we are getting a little bit pernickety when we go to the second decimal place. Nonetheless, they say it will do a quarter mile in 10.6 seconds, which is staggeringly fast. Overdrive has been in a car that can accelerate in this sort of way, but it is so mind-blowing that it has gone almost beyond enjoyment. While on vehicle performance, it's not just for the sports car. The Bentley Bentayga, an ultra-luxury SUV, will race on the world's oldest and most famous hill climb, the Pikes Peak International. They aim to beat the 12-minute 35.61 second record for a production SUV set in 2013 by a Range Rover Sport. To do so, they will have to average at least 100 kilometres an hour over the entire 12.42-mile course, which has 156 turns. The Bentley will have a 6-litre twin-turbocharged W12 engine driving all four wheels. It's enough to make old Bentley drivers very proud if that's what they really want. In the coming weeks, Overdrive will talk about its road test of the small Toyota SUV, the CHR. Our initial response when looking at the car at its launch some year or so ago was that it tried too hard to look trendy. Now, Toyota has unveiled their new RAV4 SUV at the New York Motor Show, and one is left with the opinion that they are going down the same track, a little bit too edgy on something that has been a quiet achiever over many years for the Japanese mark. This is Overdrive across Australia. And we come to the end of the program uh, now and uh, joining us from a mammoth session last week where they dominated the show, and uh, fair enough too, we have on the line Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. And Brian Smith. G'day, Brian. G'day, David. And now, Errol, I'd have to think this was a story for you. Oh, thanks, David. Uh, well, David, by now we've all seen a brightly coloured share bike randomly parked somewhere inconvenient. But um, step aside, because the next big thing in dockless ride sharing is here, and it is the electric scooter. <laughs> Uh, Washington, D.C. has seen the rollout of hundreds of share scooters, not share bikes, which are a bit like a kid's Razor kick scooter, but with an electric motor and a battery in them and big enough to carry an adult. Apparently, you don't have to worry about the charge because the batteries will be topped up by the firm who's sort of running them, who goes around and picks up all the dead ones. So uh, they're always ready to go when you, when you have one. But would you use one? Because uh, some people are a little bit concerned about how they might look riding a scooter to work. I had a scooter when I was a child. My father made it out of wood. That's a throwback. I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Hmm. Mm. 
and I love them. And we got around and we travelled great distances. Brian, in the design of cities, does it not then do the thing that we want to do, which is focus on encouraging shorter trips rather than long distance? Yeah, David, uh, uh, a lot of these share bikes and Uber and Lyft and things are really replacing walking and, and public transport trips. So there's a concern there. But but the, the, the appeal of a scooter for sort of a, a quick trip is you really don't need to, to do anything other than hop on it, right? You can have your bag with you or your backpack. Uh, you don't need to sort of get on and ride and get sweaty. The electric scooter gets around. I think I would use it. I think um, to climb up a hill or something like that or to get to the train station quickly, I, I'd give it a go because I, rather than a bicycle because, um, you know, it, it's a lot more complicated to, to set the bike up uh, to get the seat the right position and, and the handlebars and mm. actually then ride it, where um, the scooters just jump, hop on and hop off. So I like the idea. I, I can, I'm concerned that it's it's not going to take people out of cars. It's going to take people out of public transport or walking. Mm. But also then might encourage an easier way to get to the bus stop. There was We did a story years ago about a, a scooter that you could wrap around you like a belt once you finish with it. It's oh, yeah. made of super stuff. Uh, the other thing is, of course, we know why the Segway failed. It was big and cumbersome. It was, mm. you know, it was never get. It was like a dialect. It would never get upstairs. And mm. so that was a fun ride. But uh, Errol, you've ridden one, um, gone touring on one, haven't you, through the bush? Mm, yes, yes. But they, yeah, they are quite big and they're very heavy too. So um, even if you used it to get to your car, lifting it into the car would be a struggle for, for yes. most most people. Um, so it's a, it's almost a bit of a shame that the Segway didn't come out now because of course now it would just be a, like a a share a share <laughs> way for for want of a better term. At my talk to the engineers and the fleet. I said that the things like the Jetsons were a poor projection for the future. Perhaps the best cartoon that indicated the f future was the Flintstones because <laughs> that was a vehicle where you gave some power yourself. With your feet, mm -hmm. yes. The only trouble is with this miniaturising of this that we may move even further away from just door to door to bed to desk. <laughs> small enough to carry up in the lift. <laughs> yes, yes. Although it may totally change the corporate games competitions that go on. It will be no longer touch football, but skate park antics. Stunting. <laughs> I think I have a story. Do you, do you remember when they used to launch a car years ago, Errol, possibly before your time, Brian, when you were a very young lad, that... Mm -hmm. Uh, they would put Hessian bags over the windows of the dealership and it was a one-off big event. Mm. Well, now, because information is always getting leaked out, launches are a bit here today, gone tomorrow. Now, car companies are trying to get as many bites of the cherry, so they put out teasers. Can I say, do I think teasers have sunk to a very low level. The Brabham Racing Team, that famous name run by one of the sons of Sir Jack, are putting out a car they just released. We did it last week or the week before where we talked about the noise the engine make. They released the noise, which I thought was 
Sounded fairly ordinary. I mean, it just didn't sound anything special other than a racing engine. Now they've released this teaser where the car goes vroom past a, a fixed spot. The, the whole thing's over in 16 seconds. The whole video of which the actual car bit going vroom past is over in half a second. It, it, <laughs> did it entice right. you, gentlemen? Did it excite you? Well, it's no. It's it's just a blur. Mm. It's It's really can't tell anything going on i suppose i remember going to the v8 supercar round at the gold coast and i wandered out of the press area and i which you know at least you get to see a lot of things there and i wandered around some of the if you don't i'm not trying to be pretentious but some of the ordinary areas and i saw a father and son standing behind this mesh wire fence at, at one point in the track and that's about all i saw the cars mm. go boom. It's a blur. Well, maybe maybe they're trying to hark back to the the days of old before we had, uh, you know, wall to wall TV coverage of motor racing. Oh, okay, yeah. Because of course Jack Jack Brabham, who the who um, you know is the name behind this or the name that they're co opting is probably better to say. Of course, you know he was racing in the fifties and sixties. So it might have been like that. But then again, if we are going to tease, what might be a good tease? Like a picture from just under a garage door was shutting as though, you know, it's like peeking through the curtains. If you, mm. if, you know, I, I'm being from what I've read, not what I've done. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, it's the illusion that can be rather good, can't it? A number of cars are sort of putting a silhouette of the car or a little bit of light showing the curvature of... I'm, I'm getting back to the curtains again, yeah. aren't I? The, 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 the curvature of the mudguard or something. You know, might, might we be able to do that? Is there something that could be alluring? Are we still talking think? about cars, David? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is video, isn't it? I mean, it's this is about sort of getting people excited about something that they can't really tell. And yeah, they, I know. They, they want to know more about it. It's, it's I guess balance between giving too much away and in the end i i very quickly was able to get a picture of the car on google so <laughs> <laughs> just to take the point a little further do you know what i think is the most erotic movie ever made ryan's daughter was it sarah miles she I'm ran to, to she ran up the hill to meet the you know have her illicit way with the army lieutenant and she ran up the hill in her long floppy all covering sleeping dress sort of thing but the sun caught the back of it and it was a long way away and all you saw was a silhouette and so it was the thing that was meant to be hidden was allured to i'm sorry i'm just breathing heavily yes, are, yes. Are, are, we, are we still talking Steady about on, Steady on, david <laughs> Brian, there's a story that uh, I think if we can just add a car dimension to it, how <laughs> important that is. Yes, that's right. There's a, a woman called Fiona McCrossan who uh, uh, she's a 22-year-old from uh, New Mexico in the States, and she uh, she decided it was a good idea to buy a gun. And uh, one of her friends immediately on Facebook said, I don't feel very comfortable about the idea of you with a gun. She assured people that she was a very safe personality, that she'd be okay with a gun. Weeks later, she is caught firing her gun out the back window of her own vehicle into another car with child inside in a road rage incident. 
So I guess it's one of those only in America things, but perhaps uh, her friend knew her better than she knew herself. Mm, yeah, it makes me wonder what has she done in the past that her, her reputation precedes her? <laughs> <laughs> well, is that going to be the test that people uh, put it out on Facebook and see what the response is? Do you remember the television program The IT Crowd? Yes, a yes. fantastic show. Richard Aoaid was uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah was um, on there, and he he then appeared later on The Last Leg uh, with um, Adam Hills, the Australian comedian, and uh, this is uh, he was asked about this whole thing about people getting more guns. This is what he said. Well, I've always been pro-gun. You know that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think adding more guns into a situation is obviously the way to prevent shooting. Um, I think, in a way, if we take the guns away, the shootings may escalate. And that's, I think that's why he's so firm on, on, on literally arming everyone. Yeah, I yeah. think if you don't have a gun in your hand, well, well, let's not find out. <laughs> what that world would be. I also go, what's the worst case scenario with banning guns? What's the worst thing that can happen? Just people don't get shot? Oh, yes. Guns and cars, I think, don't mix. Road rage is tricky enough just when you're handling fingers and, and shouted words, I suppose. Yeah, yes, and, and she, she didn't seem to quite understand the concept of the gun because when she fired the gun, she managed to break her own window. <laughs> yes, I know. Unclear on the concept. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so apparently along with being a safe personality, she's also a stable genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's the issue, of course, in a car where, like being on Facebook, you have you're hidden from the the reaction of other people immediately. You can vent your spleen without thinking, and in the same way, you're in a car, you can get all worked up in your cocoon, your emotional cocoon as well as your physical cocoon, and so that's when things can boil and in fact boil over. Well, mm. I think I hope that cars have added an element to that debate. Gentlemen, lovely to talk to you as always. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. No worries, David. And that was Brian Smith and Errol Smith. We were talking some unusual stories and some unusual twists to some of the latest stories in the news media here on Overdrive. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, Brian Smith, David Campbell and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive can be heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can listen to longer segments by going to our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening. <laughs>